broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. That is right. You are in the huddle. I am Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio. We are brought to you by Tequila Embajador, and we are at uh, the Raiders practice facility here in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, just got here about a half hour ago, saw a bunch of players uh, wrapping up their work day. First day of phase three of uh, OTAs began today um, at the Raiders facility. Uh, based on what I saw, uh, a nice showing without question uh, of players here um, that were uh, getting their work in. It, it's about a six hour uh, day. Uh, workday for these guys at this point in the uh, in the calendar. So uh, the Raiders got started. Uh, looked like a really productive day for them. We'll be here tomorrow. Uh, and w- when I say we, I'm talking about the media. Uh, so whatever we see, whatever we hear, whatever we're able to tweet out there and videos that we're going to be able to provide, uh, we'll get you all the information. And of course, I'll be back at four o'clock uh, tomorrow Pacific time uh, to talk about everything that I saw. And there's some things that I really am interested in seeing without question. And I want to hear what your thoughts are, what you want to see tomorrow, what you want to hear, um, or, you know, uh, what you want us to report on and shed light on, uh, whatever you guys, uh, want or need, please let me know. Uh, of course you could call us at 702-365-9200. Uh, got an interesting show today. Uh, our, uh, our good friend Q Myers will be dropping in at 4.30. Always great to talk to uh, him. Uh, and then also at 5.30, excuse me, yeah, at 5.30, uh, Bruce uh, Gradkowski, former NFL quarterback, uh, played for John Gruden actually uh, back in the day. And uh, he does various things now, including working um, and contributing for Pro Football Focus. And Bruce put out recently a quarterback rating ranking uh, of all the NFL quarterbacks uh, from top to bottom. And uh, just to uh, let the cat out of the bag, spoiler alert, I guess, um, Bruce had Derek Carr listed at number 13. So I'm not sure that's considered fair by Raider Nation, um, accurate, a little bit low on the rankings. Um, and I'm going to get into who is ranked ahead of him. And we can make our arguments one way or another, whether he's too low. Uh, I, I think he's a little bit too low. Uh, that's, that's, um, that's, that's my two cents, and I'll, I'll get into why. Uh, maybe you think he's too high. Um, maybe you think he fell just perfectly. Uh, so we'll talk to Bruce Gradkowski about that coming up at 530. I'm interested uh, to find out what he bases all of this on. Now, keep in mind, this isn't just strictly off of last year. These are projections. Um, his ratings are what he believes it's going to look like in the 2021 season. So, um, you know, Derek Carr last year, by pretty much all measures, was a top 10 quarterback, passer rating, quarterback rating, um, you know, yards, all, all the, uh, the check marks, basically. Uh, if you want to say he was, there was, there's some statistical measures where he was number 11. So he was right there on the cusp. Uh, of the top 10. So uh, it's, it'll be interesting to talk to Bruce Gradkowski about why um, looking at what he did last year and what he potentially can do this year with maybe even a better offense, uh, you know, collection of talent 
around him, you know, Henry Ruggs being a more mature and developed player, same with uh, Brian Edwards, uh, the two young wide receivers, Foster Moreau kind of working his way back into the swing of things, uh, Kenyon Drake um, now as the uh, running back 1B, I would say. I wouldn't even call him necessarily a reserve running back because I think he and Josh Jacobs are going to play in tandem quite a bit and get uh, not necessarily an equal number of carries, uh, but it's going to be they're going to share the load and they bring you know different uh, skill sets to the table, some similarities, but a lot of differences uh, that I think are going to complement each other. So this offense has a chance to be even better from a talent around Derek Carr perspective, maybe, you know, arguably, especially if Henry Ruggs pans out, especially if Brian Edwards, um, you know, uh, develops and, and takes a step forward. We could be talking about, you know, the best offense that he's had around him in his, in his, during his stay here in, uh, in Oakland, which would cover his whole NFL career. So, um, there's a chance that, that Derek Carr could play better than he did last year, at least statistically. So I want to talk to Bruce Gradkowski, Gradkowski on you know what the uh, calculus was that went into his rankings going into the 2021 season. And I'm just going to go ahead and run off the quarterbacks uh, in order from from uh, one. We'll go one through 15, and uh, and you know where Derek Carr falls. I already told you that he, he felt falls number 13. Uh, but let's look at who's ahead of him and then who's directly behind him. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, can't argue with that. Number two, Tom Brady. Can't argue with that. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. Um, can't argue with that if he plays for the Packers or whoever he does play for. Um, I kind of I would think that he's number two for me. Um, I, Tom Brady, no question about it. Uh, the, the GOAT, right? There's no uh, arguing that. But at this stage of their career, I think Aaron Rodgers is a better player. And I think that Tom Brady last year benefited greatly from just a lockdown defense. Uh, he didn't always play great, even in the playoffs, but that defense was so darn good uh, that it covered up some of the mistakes that he made uh, at this stage of his career. So I, I, I would argue Aaron Rodgers ahead of Tom Brady. Number uh, four would be Russell Wilson. Number five, Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. We'll see if the Houston Texans part of that uh, you know, is, is where he plays this year. I have my doubts, some big-time doubts that he's going to be with the Houston Texans by the time uh, all of this unfolds. Number six, Josh Allen, uh, the Buffalo Bills. You know, six and five are pretty close to me. Deshaun Watson and, and what Josh Allen was able to do last year and the growth that he made, the development that he made. I'm not sitting here going to, you know, I, I, could, I could flip-flop that one pretty easily. Number seven, Dak Prescott. Is that a little too high for Dak Prescott, especially coming off the injury? Uh, we'll ask Bruce Gradkowski uh, um, what the calculus was in terms of Dak being number seven. Number eight, Lamar Jackson. And this is where it gets a little tricky. I think overall, um, you know, Lamar Jackson with what he's able to bring to the table with his legs certainly sets him apart from, let's say, a Derek Carr. But statistically, Derek played better than he did. So uh, I think the legs aspect, what he's able to do uh, in that part of the game is a differentiator. Um, so, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, number eight, maybe a little bit too high. Um, your call. You let me know. Number nine, Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, getting into a little bit of, uh, huh, you know, has Matt Ryan still been a top 10 quarterback 
uh, at this stage of his career? Is he still going to be a top 10 quarterback at this stage of his, of his career? I can make an argument that Derek Carr played better than Matt Ryan did last year, but um, we'll see. Uh, number 10, Baker Mayfield. I feel like that's pretty fairly accurate. Um, you know, uh, interesting with Baker Mayfield and the contract looming. Uh, does that weigh on him? Has he, is he able to bounce back, or not bounce back, but continue what he was doing last year or what he did last year? Uh, it was a great season for, for Mayfield. I think he quieted down any concern that Cleveland might have had, the Browns might have had, the NFL might have had about whether he is the future for the Cleveland Browns. I think he answered that pretty decisively last year. Can he build on that? Number 11, Matthew Stafford. Um, I think... This is where it gets kind of interesting for me because I think with um, Sean McVay, I think with the talent that the Rams have uh, around Matthew Stafford, including wide receiver, a good offensive line, uh, a good running game that's young and uh, young legs and, and a lot of versatility in that backfield, I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Stafford were talking about a top five quarterback by the end of the year. I, I said it <laughs> within that system with what Sean McVay is able to do. Um, with a great defense, you figure that that, uh, that number one ranked defense last year uh, will probably still be around in that top five. Don't sleep on Matthew Stafford. I think he finishes the season higher than number 11. Number 12, Ryan Tannehill. It's hard to argue Ryan Tannehill. The guy has just turned the corner on his career and is playing tremendous football. You know, is, is Ryan Tannehill a top 10 quarterback? Is he better than Matt Ryan? Is he better than Baker Mayfield? You can make that case. I, I, I certainly can make that case that at this stage of his career, he's better than Matt Ryan and maybe even better than Baker Mayfield. So, um, and then number 13 is, like we said, Derek Carr. Uh, I think there's a couple of guys that you could switch him out with, um, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan, uh, to sneak him into that top 10. Uh, but He's 13. We'll talk to Bruce Gradkowski about that. Uh, number 14 is Kirk Cousins. Number 15 is Justin Herbert. Another guy, Herbert, who by the end of the year, let's see where he ranks. Uh, if, if he continues to play the way he played last year and if he builds off of what he did last year, there's no way that Justin Herbert is finishing the season next year as the 15th best quarterback. He would, to me, uh, move much higher than that. Number 16, Ben Roethlisberger. That might be a little bit too high at this point. I think he's kind of fading a little bit. We'll see uh, how that all plays out. Number 17, Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray uh, is in position to be much better than the number 17 quarterback uh, in the NFL. Um, but he's got to go out there and prove it and be consistent. And um, he's, he's got all the talent to do that. Number 18, Joe Burrow. Another player that, you know, based on what he was doing last year, He's probably better than the 18th best quarterback in the NFL. We'll see where he is health-wise, obviously coming off the devastating knee injury. So um, that's something that I think by the end of the year, Joe Burrow could be much higher than number 18. Number 19, Ryan Fitz. This is where you start getting into no man's land, if you ask me. Number 19, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> okay. Uh, number 20, Daniel Jones. I think that Daniel Jones, I mean – at this point in his career, are we pretty sure we, we know what Daniel Jones is? And if he's if at this stage of his career, which is what, year four, I think it is, if he's the 20th quarterback, ranked quarterback, is that enough for the Giants? I mean, do you start thinking about maybe moving off Daniel Jones and, and bringing somebody in uh, that's better? Or does Daniel Jones say, you know what, I'm not the 20th best quarterback. I am a top 
15 top 12 quarterback. He's got to prove it on the field. We'll see if he does. Number 21, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Comes with all the accolades, number one pick overall in the draft. Uh, I don't think he's going to be staying at number 21 for long, but we'll see. He's got to go out there and prove it. Number 22, this is what disrespect for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I can't argue it either. Uh, Garoppolo has just not played great football um, for a while, number one. And number two, he been, he's, he's always hurt. So, you know, we talk about this all the time, how important availability is, and it's a skill unto itself. Uh, you you don't do anybody any good standing on the sidelines. Now, I'm not saying that his injuries were all his fault whatsoever, but you have to take it into account. And right now, he's just not been a dependable uh, player in terms of staying healthy. So number 22 sounds pretty fair. Uh, number 23, Carson Wentz. Man, think about where we uh, were just three years ago or so when, when Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate, right? I mean... That's how good he was playing. And now he's the 23rd ranked quarterback on team number two after the Philadelphia Eagles unceremoniously gave up on him. Uh, number 25, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill uh, of the New Orleans Saints. This is where I get a little bit, I mean, there's no way. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and I'll get to this in a second. And then number 25, Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll see. This is where I get a little 26, Jared Goff. He's better than uh, the 26th best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's better than Jameis Winston. Way more. De- I, and he's not, I'm not saying that, you know, Jared is, is a top 10 quarterback or, or even a top 15 quarterback, uh, but he's better than Jameis Winston. And he's better than, I mean, I guess the way uh, Bruce looked at it, he just put the New Orleans Saints quarterbacks, both Jameis Winston and, and Taysom Hill. So in combination, they're the 24th best uh, quarterback in the NFL. I'm not sure that's fair or not, but Jared Goff is better than Jameis Winston. And right now, I'm not s- sure how you could say that Justin Fields is better than uh, Jared Goff. Justin Fields hasn't Vinny, done anything. Vinny, Vinny, we haven't seen Jameis Winston since he's got the new LASIK yet. Come on, the LASIK, yeah, well. Tom Payton. Come on, Vinny. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll defend Jameis. I'll, I'll die on that hill. That's why I had to step in because I'll defend Jameis to my last breath. Well, I've you know, seen the evidence. Uh, Thirty hey, for thirty season. Yes, I know. Bad, but LASIK. He threw that touchdown pass in well, the playoffs. Come here, on, hear if me that's out. your guy, if that's your guy, and it obviously is. You know, good luck with that because if you sign a five year contract, how many coaches did uh, Jameis run through in Tampa Bay? About a couple. It was a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, hey, maybe that does work, and and maybe that does help. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out, but you know, he's he's been a uh, disaster taking care of the ball like he's on another level uh, with the interceptions and the turnovers so um, but hey I, I, I if he turns it around that would be fantastic I'd, I'd like to see it because I do like Jameis Winston he's a great guy and um, you know he just can't take care of the ball so uh, I think there's a little bit of disrespect going on with Jared Goff here now I will say this he's going to a team that doesn't have a whole lot of talent uh, they're kind of in rebuild mode so I would imagine um, you know with Bruce He's probably looking at that uh, a little bit and, and the surroundings as well and playing that into uh, his, his mm-hmm. assessment of, of Jared Goff. Uh, but to me, Jared Goff is a better quarterback. Than he may James be Wilson. good, but it could be a situation where Deshaun Watson, you know, had a great season last season, but only, what was that, four four wins? Come on, what do you what do we think Jared Goff's? Deshaun Watson. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, that type of season. I don't think Jared Goff is going to be able to elevate this team that much. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, but if we're talking about just pure, you know, quarterback, 
Um, I just think that – I think at this stage, I think Jared Goff's just a better quarterback. I would rather have Jared Goff than Jameis Winston if it were if it was coming down to that. Um, Justin Fields, he can he can the, the sky is the limit for him. You know, he, we could be sitting here talking about a top fifteen quarterback next year. We could be talking about you know twenty six, twenty seven next year. Um, it's all it's it's all going to be on him and how he fits in and and you know his level of play. Twenty seven is Cam Newton. Uh, heard another read another story where Cam was working on his mechanics, um, and you know some players have said that it's. Uh, you know, noticeable difference in how he's throwing the ball. And, you know, I, I look at, at, at Cam and I'm wondering, you know, this guy got a raw deal by the NFL referees, if you ask me. I mean, they let people just tee off on this guy and took some brutal, brutal hits. And at least from my vantage point, when I watched uh, Cam throwing the ball these last few years, it just seems like, like the I, you know, something's not right health-wise. You know, if it, or you just got into bad habits trying to. Sometimes when you're when you're in pain, when you're playing in pain, you know, you you, you compensate for it by changing your mechanics and and doing things so that you don't feel the pain as much as you would by throwing it regularly or doing something differently. So I just look at the way he was throwing the ball later on in in Charlotte and then and then last year with the Patriots, and it just looked all out of whack. And um, if he if he can fix that part of it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but number 27, Cam Newton. And the other question I have is, you know, h- how long before Mac Jones starts playing uh, in, in New England, before, you know, uh, Bill Belichick just says, hey, it's your team. We're going to build around you. Um, we're going to get you in there as quickly as possible. But Cam Newton, I'd love for Cam Newton to rebound and, and, and just move way up uh, on that list. But I got to see it. You know, he started pretty quick, pretty fast last year. And then, you know, COVID-19 and some other issues. I think he did get hurt again last year. Um, that definitely uh, played played into things. So we'll see. <laughs> 28, Sam Darnold. This is another guy, like, in, 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 with a better team. I mean, he's got talent. Um, there's There were some games last year where he played pretty well, but it was such a dysfunctional situation with the New York Jets uh, that nobody did him any fi- favors. He's not had any talent around him. So do we really even know? And I'm not arguing with this uh, with this ranking because we just don't know. He's been uh, behind such a uh, – or playing with such a bad team that how much is it him? How much is it uh, the team? Uh, there's a lot of, to me, not – you know, there's a lot of different dynamics between the comparison I'm going to make right here, but the situation is the same. And I go back a long time ago to Steve Young with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he was just, you know, not doing anything. He was terrible, and because he was playing on a terrible football team in Tampa Bay, he goes to San Francisco and you know sits a couple of years behind Joe Montana. And the next thing you know, he gets his shot, and then he's winning Super Bowls. So. Um, I, I look at the situation that Sam Darnold was in his, and his ability to run, his ability to throw. He's got a cannon. Um, he was great at USC. Uh, maybe around a better supporting cast, maybe we'll finally see what Sam Darnold is all about because, he, again, the, the Jets just let him down. Uh, and you wonder about the new quarterback uh, there in New York, uh, how long before, unless they get their act together, uh, how long you know it is before they give up on him as well, just like they have every other quarterback that they've drafted these last ten years or so. It's just they run right through him. Uh, number twenty nine, uh, Tua uh, from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, man, Demond, can you help me out here on that on Tua twenty nine? 
criminally underrated. Yep. I mean, are we on the same page I, there? I look at what he did against. I mean, I, I remember that game against the Raiders, and I'm sitting up, up up there in the press box where we get a really good vantage point, and he was just missing wide receivers left and right. Demon, he did not know where to go with the ball. Are, are that, we are we not on the same page? I said criminally underrated. Do you think he's properly rated? Under, um, I mean, I can't, I can't argue against it right now. The guy got benched like three or four times last year. Like, what? Do, based on what would you say that he's that he should be ranked even higher? He got jacked during the off season. No, I'm talking about dur- based on what we saw during. What do you mean during the off season? What, he, what he's, he's gotten bigger. The arms are bigger. He's oh, jacked, jacked now. I thought you. Yeah, about the I other mean, uh, my actual evidence on the field, there isn't much. Yeah. But yeah, I believe I just I, I I I that game last year I was like, you know, and it was weird because I can't remember if that was that was the week before seeing Justin Herbert, and we had already seen Justin Herbert a, uh, a few weeks before that. So if you're looking at rookie quarterbacks and and all that kind of stuff, um, I mean Justin Herbert was just head and shoulders above Tua. So you can't just and, and he just he 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 looked uncertain. He didn't know where to go with the ball. He was missing wide receivers. That's why they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. So 29, um, interesting. Uh, and I can't argue against it. I really can't. I, I, I can't argue against it uh, at this stage of his career. But he better get it together in a hurry because the Miami, Miami Dolphins are still loaded with, with high draft picks. Um, if, if he doesn't show them much this year, you know, uh, I could see them moving off of him and 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 going to get the next great big thing uh, from the college ranks. Or is that where Deshaun Watson ends up? I don't think that he's going to be with the Houston Texans. So hold on, is- Tua outdueled Herbert and Murray last year head to head. Boom! How about that? Well, um, <laughs> that's that's good. That's good for him. But I, I just on the body of work altogether. I'm going to say Justin Herbert's a better quarterback, and Kyler Murray is a better quarterback as well. So uh, he's got a lot of ground to make up. Let's just put it that way. But you know, he's young. That's the whole thing. I always preach it here: uh, let let it unfold, um, let it play out. But you usually pretty much know with quarterbacks. It, it take it doesn't take. And that was a good team around him. That was that's the whole other thing. He had a pretty good team uh, that was around him, and um, there were just times during the season where he just wasn't functioning as even just an average NFL quarterback that could just you know keep things stabilized and be a game manager. Um, that's why they had to go to the bench a few times uh, to, to make sure that they didn't lose games that they actually needed to win. So um, we'll see. Uh, number 30, Zach Wilson from the New York Jets. Um, you know, what do we know about Zach Wilson other than what we saw him do at BYU? So hard to argue against that. Number 31, Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles. And then number 32, Drew Locke from the Denver Broncos. So there's uh, Bruce Gradkowski's top 32, uh, you know, quarterbacks, one through 32. Do you feel good about where uh, Derek Carr is? Does it really matter that much? Um, you know, when you look ahead in front of him, there's some really good quarterbacks that are in front of him. Um, but how many teams make the playoffs every year? As a top 13, 12, I'm going to say that he's a top 11 quarterback. Uh, top 10-ish, top 10 to 12 is what I would say. So 13, we're, we're, we're you know, uh, we're kind of um, just stabbing at the air right there. 
at 13 with a good team around him, there's no question that the Raiders have a talented enough quarterback to get to the playoffs without question, and maybe even do some damage uh, in in the playoffs. So, um, but what say you guys? Uh, do you feel like he's overrated, underrated? Uh, do you feel like he slots in where he belongs, or do you feel Bruce Grad- Gradkowski uh, is reading the room completely wrong? Give us a call, 702-365-9200. You're in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. What's good? What's good? Raider fans, we're, we're back on a Tuesday. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM in the huddle. By uh, re- re- uh, Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, Going to go right out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, Q Myers, uh, who is nice enough to join us uh, again today. Q, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be back in the huddle with you. And uh, Damon, I appreciate Do we getting have on. Q? And- yeah, we got me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm not hearing Q right now, so if we can get that uh, uh, that squared away. Uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, um, looking at this top 32 list, and uh, where do you think? I mean, are you guys, are you guys okay with where Derek Carr is ranked, and are you comfortable? That at that you know if if you have the thirteenth best quarterback in the NFL is that enough to get you the play, to the playoffs and where you want to be, you know when I look at the guys that are ahead of uh, of, of Derek Carr, you know immediately ahead of of Derek Carr, um, Ryan Tannehill he's he can play better than Ryan I mean he he could be every bit as good as Ryan Tannehill if he hasn't uh, at various stages of his, uh, stages of his career. Matthew Stafford around a really good team in Los Angeles. I'm interested to see what that looks like uh, because Matthew Stafford, much like in some ways Derek Carr, um, has been let down by his organization that he was with, the Detroit Lions. They just didn't have uh, a good enough team around an elite quarterback, and he paid the price. Uh, when we talk about best quarterbacks in the NFL, you rarely talk about Matthew Stafford, but so much of that is because he's been a victim of his surroundings. Q, uh, are you there? Yes, sir. Can you hear me now? Yeah. For some reason, I am not getting uh, Q audio uh, right now, so uh, we'll see if we can if we can work uh, on that. Um, but you can make the same case for Derek Carr in a lot of ways. Is Derek Carr as good a quarterback as Matthew Stafford? I'm not saying that. Matthew Stafford is one of the elite quarterbacks um, on the planet. He really is. He does things that are just on a spectacular level. Unfortunately for him, uh, there's been, just been too many times where he hasn't had the supporting cast around him, whether it's offensive line, offense in general, weapons, uh, a defense, coaching, um, you know, uh, the culture, the leadership. Uh, the Lions have just been in disarray for so many of the years that he's been there. It's hard to overcome that, no matter how good of a talent you are and a raw talent. And Matthew Stafford is one of the, has one of the elite skill sets uh, in this game of football. Um, but you can make – last year, statistically, Derek Carr played better than Matthew Stafford. So he can – Derek Carr can, can get to that level um, – 
you know, and be one of the best quarterback play on a week to week basis basis like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. So um, you know, so now that's number eleven. Number ten, Baker Mayfield. You can make a case that Derek Carr is every bit as good, if not better, uh, than Baker Mayfield. Lamar Jackson. They just do things so differently. Um, and and uh, Lamar Jackson is just because of you know some of the attributes that he brings to the table. He's just an electrifying. Uh, player and weapon at quarter at the quarterback position, so he's kind of unto itself uh, how you how you gauge him. But as teams have shown in the playoffs, you can stop Lamar Jackson. You can make life really really difficult uh, on Lamar Jackson. And the one thing when and this will I'm always right now fascinated to see. We're going to try one more time with Q Myers. Q, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? All right. All right. Uh, we got Q Myers. How are you doing? First of all, thanks for uh, joining us. I uh, hope you're having a great day, my friend. Yeah, man. Now that I'm actually inside the huddle, I'm feeling good. I'm <laughs> there feeling you go. It. It's a you know, it's a it's a tight knit group here uh, in the huddle, and uh, we run a tight ship. Right. But um, glad to have you. And and we've been talking about. Uh, and later on today, we're going to have Bruce, Bruce Gradkowski, uh, former NFL yeah. quarterback commentator, uh, now works for Pro Football Focus as uh, among many other things that he does. And he recently put out a, uh, a, a 1 to 32 quarterback ranking uh, across right. the NFL, 32 teams, 32 uh, quarterbacks, uh, 1 to 32. And uh, Derek Carr fell at number 13, fell on number 13. Right. So a lot of this, you know, Q, is projecting to next year because there's a case to be made that, you know, some of the guys that are ahead of him, Derek Carr outplayed last year. So, um, but first of all, just before you even know who's ranked ahead of him, where are you on just him being ranked number 13? Good, bad, high, too high, too low, um, right where he should be? What are your initial thoughts on that? You know, it, it's funny, and, and I did a podcast about this last week, a really good piece that Bruce Krakowski had put out, so it's good to know that he's going to be in the show pretty soon. But uh, I, I think that 13 was fair. You know, I, I don't think that that's you know, saying that, oh, he's elite, and I also don't think that's saying he's bad. And I think that we all realize anyone who watches the Raiders and watches Derek Carr and is realistic with themselves knows that he's a good quarterback. And uh, a lot of the reasons that you broke down for Matt Stafford not being, you know, at the upper echelon of quarterbacks as far as wins and losses go, uh, Derek Carr can say the same thing, or, and they can say the same thing about Derek Carr, and I, I know you said that. And the, the thing that I find is funny is that, a lot of people don't allow Derek Carr to get the same reasons that Matt Stafford gets. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that will hold everything against Derek Carr. Like, he's the reason why the organization, when he was a, a, a new guy in the league, you know, with Dennis Allen as the head coach, you know, why he didn't succeed very much or why he wasn't, you know, that great with, uh, you know, Jack Del Rio a couple times. Or, you know, just all kinds of different scenarios that are out there. Matt Stafford has had a, a lot of the same bumps and bruises as Derek Carr, but it just seems like Matt Stafford, it's almost a, oh, well, these are the reasons why you failed. Derek Carr, you've just failed in, multiple, in, in some scenarios because, well, you just aren't that good. And that's probably different in Detroit. They're probably saying the same thing that a lot of fans were saying about Derek Carr with the Raiders, but it's just funny because that's what I hear more. I hear more of Derek Carr uh, you're you're not that great of a quarterback, but Matt Stafford. There's reasons why you're not that good. When really you can say the same thing about both guys. You know what's interesting about that is that sometimes you're also um, not the victim of, but you know the, the narrative is Matthew Stafford, number one pick overall, uh, one of the great college quarterbacks, uh, one of the great prospects to come into the NFL in years. Uh, he had all the physical tools, could throw the ball a mile, um, just. 
looked the part, all of that. Whereas Derek Carr was a second round pick and, yeah. you know, has had to kind of fight his way uh, up a little bit, prove some people wrong uh, along the way. I wonder if that has a little bit to do with that in terms of the leeway uh, that, that, that people get, um, that some quarterbacks get. But I think you're right in, in that. Is it the perfect landing spot for Derek Carr? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but I look at this list, and, you know, you can quibble here and there. Is he better than Matt Ryan at this stage of his career? I tend to think that he is, actually. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, uh, this year if, if that's the case or not. But I think when I look at this queue and I look at all the guys that are ahead of him and, and, and himself, I think all of those guys, including Derek, are players that if you put a good team around him, they can get you pretty darn far. And yeah. No, they could. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was just saying, you know, looking at 10, 11, and 12, you know, you mentioned Baker Mayfield, you mentioned Matt Stafford and Ryan Tannehill. Those are the three guys ahead of them. I would take Derek Carr over those guys, and that's not trying to be disrespectful to those guys, but I think Derek Carr can win you just as many games as all those guys. You know what I mean? I don't think that they're that much better than Derek Carr, if better at all. And I still have a lot of questions about Baker Mayfield, who at one point was the number one pick overall. But, you know, kind of going back to the leeway conversation with Stafford, I don't think that the Lions are a lightning rod conversation like the Raiders are. You know what I mean? So I think that that's another reason why Derek Carr will get more conversation around his name because that shield, that silver and black, John Gruden, the Raiders, I mean, whatever narrative you want to throw out there, is going to be more conversation-worthy than the Detroit Lions were. And now, obviously, Stafford's in L.A. with the Rams, and so there's going to be a lot of high expectations on him because they went and made a move for him. So now this year should be interesting to see what kind of conversation, what narrative is around Matt Stafford's name. And this is here's, – here's a question I would throw out even to, you know, um, Derek Carr naysayers uh, among Raider Nation – if you look at the, the, the play, let's just say in a perfect world, all these guys were available, which they're not. Right. But if they were, which one of these guys would you even consider trading him for? Would you trade him for Ryan Tannehill? Why? I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, they, that I would do that. Matthew Stafford, no. considering the money and a lot of other factors, and he was available, so, and the Raiders didn't, didn't uh, get involved in that uh, quest. So, I, you know, I think, I think, neither here nor there with that. I think that you could win just as many games with Derek Carr as you can with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I would trade Derek Carr for, for Baker. What about you? No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade uh, Derek Carr for any of those guys. And Baker Mayfield, I mean, look, the, the, the Browns have two really good running backs, which is, you know, really the, the, the cream of the crop for their team. That's what really drives them. Guess what the Raiders have? Two really good running backs, Josh yep. Jacobs and Kenyon Drake now. That's going to be a really good reason that's going to drive the team. And I know they have Darren Waller as well. Henry Ruggs, of course, could be a breakout guy. But, look, I mean, the, the basis is the same. You know, I mean, Mayfield's team is a run-first team. The Raiders are a run-first team. It's just what it is. Stafford, we've talked about him. And Tannehill, I'll tell you right now, Vinny, I wasn't a big fan of him winning comeback player of the year when he did, when I thought that should have been Darren Waller, or I thought that should have been Travis Frederick, even in Dallas, because he was coming back from uh, Barre, Gire, Gire Barre, whatever that, that word is, right. syndrome. You know, I mean, that was a serious situation that he had to come back from. And Darren Waller, we all know what he came back from. I didn't think Ryan Tannehill, who just received his third contract in the NFL, was worthy of a comeback player of the year, because comeback players don't get third contracts. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a luxury as a quarterback to get a third contract, regardless of if this is your second team or not. I mean, he's, 
had opportunities in front of him. So I, I never thought that that was okay. I didn't think that was valid. And I think Derrick Henry, by the way, is the key cog in that Titan offense. And I know Tannehill had to make some passes, had to make some clutch throws at times, and, uh, you know, kind of had that gunslinger mentality. But, look, make no mistake about it, Derrick Henry is what pushes the Titans. Yeah, and you make a good point. Maybe most improved. I'll, I'll give you that Ryan Tannehill improved from the right. Miami debacle to, to what he did in Tennessee. But but come back, come back from what? That he was really bad <laughs> in Miami? Right. Um, yep. I don't think that that should be part of the uh, the criteria. I think it's coming back from a serious injury uh, or right. some sort of a situation or you're, you're retired, you come back, whatever the case might be. All right, so Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson has a lot to prove still with his arm. We know he's a great talent with his legs. Uh, basically, that's what got him the MVP is what he was able to do with his legs. Uh, the jury's still out if he can use his wide receivers. He uses his tight ends really well, um, and, and that's that. But as far as the wide receiver position goes, he still has some, some improvement to go. So I, I'm not, you know, I think he's a good talent. I think he's a great talent. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just think he gets it done in his own way, and who knows how long he can do it at that rate, the way he's doing it, until, unless he improves. Uh, his, his accuracy from the pocket. I think Derek Carr is more accurate than Lamar Jackson for sure. Um, and Matt Ryan, I mean, the guy was in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think that's the reason why the Falcons didn't go make a move at quarterback for number four, uh, at the number four overall pick in the draft. But, uh, again, I don't think that he's that much better where Derek Carr, you know, you have to replace him with Matt Ryan. I don't think he's that guy. If you replace Derek Carr, I'm Vinny, you're replacing them with someone elite. You're replacing them with an Aaron Rodgers. You're replacing them with a Tom Brady. And I never thought that that was realistic anyway. But you're, rela- you're re- replacing them with someone elite, not someone that's just good. Right. And, you know, getting back to Lamar Jackson, should we be worried a little bit or concerned a little bit uh, that it, when it gets down to playoffs where, um, you know, the, the, the difference in the game changes dramatically in every which way, including – just the scouting reports that teams do on on um, on these teams. They're tracking them for a little while. Obviously, they have a whole body of work in terms of a season uh, to base it off on. But it, it sure seems like teams have figured out how to slow him down in the playoffs, which is when your quarterback really needs to be playing the best football uh, of his life. It, 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 when you're talking about he needs to prove a little bit, is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because, again, I feel like playoff games and Super Bowls are won by one big throw that you have to make or two big throws or that big-time moment that you have to have. You know, even I know a lot of Raider fans were upset about the way that the Jets game ended last year, but remember how the Jets game ended last year. Derek Carr missed Nelly uh, deep in the end zone, and guess what? He had one more play, and he hit rugs. You know, could Lamar Jackson make that, that throw? He, he, maybe. Maybe he could, maybe he wouldn't. You know, would he have overthrown Hollywood Brown? Would he have got it there to him? Would it have been an interception? I think when the push comes to shove and the clutch throw needs to be made, Lamar Jackson still has question marks around him. So that's what I mean by the accuracy and the big-time play when it needs to be made. Right, absolutely. And, you know, beyond that, uh, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, none of whom are really – available anyway so it's, it's always a moot point um you know obviously Aaron Rodgers Russell those are those are those are elite elite right. talents but I think yeah. that from about and Josh Allen to me is is moving in that direction but yeah. from about yeah. seven to about 15 you can make cases for for all those guys and I think a lot of it has to do with 
what's the team around him? And, um, you know, and, and so that's why I think the Raiders and Raider Nation really should just focus on that. Improve the team around Derek Carr. He's every bit as good as the seven other guys that are ahead of him right there into that top five area where that's just exclusive company or top six, I should say, with, with uh, Josh Allen. But you can win with Derek Carr. And, and yep. I, I, I'm convinced of that, Q. No, yeah, you can. I am too. I'm very convinced that you can win with them. And I've been on the record of saying I would like to see a guy that could use his legs a little bit more, you right. know, even a lot more than, than Derek Carr does. But I also don't want to sacrifice his arm talent that he has. And even Dak Prescott, you know, before the injury, I would have said, okay, maybe he's the guy that I would have taken over over uh, over Derek Carr. But he doesn't have the deep balls that Derek Carr has. And I know a lot of people say, well, he, has, he doesn't throw the deep ball that much. Well, last year, he did a heck of a job. Him and Nelly connected a lot deep. And he connected deep with uh, Henry Ruggs a couple times. And, I mean, he has the ability to go deep and be very, very accurate with it and allow uh, the wide receiver to run under the ball, which is a lot of times I know fans will say, I don't like when he does that. I want him to just throw it on a dime. But he allows these wide receivers to throw to run under the ball and get it in stride. And that's when it's like a perfect ball. So I, I'm actually – I like his, his deep ball more than I like Dak Prescott. He, he's a little erratic when he throws it deep. So uh, that, that's why I would definitely say Derek Carr over Dak Prescott at this stage of the game is better as well. We're talking to uh, Q Myers, our good friend, and you can follow him at yourboyq254. Uh, all right, so uh, we get a chance to uh, watch a little practice tomorrow, um, Q, uh, here in, uh, in Henderson. And there's two things that I want to, that, that I think my eyes are going to go to first. And uh, I want to ask you where yours would go, uh, you know, watching these practices. I want to go to that perimeter cornerback position opposite yep. Trayvon Mullen to see who's lining up there uh, the, the majority of the time. And I want to, and my eyes are going to go to um, that slot cornerback position uh, to see who's manning that position. Now, obviously, I want to see where Corey Littleton is, but a lot of that right. is going to be during games when it's real tackling. Is he flying around making plays like he did uh, prior to getting here to uh, Las Vegas? But for me, anyway, defensively, I really want to see that. And then offensively, uh, fascinated to see where Henry Ruggs is in the development process. Uh, and then also Alex Leatherwood at right tackle. Yeah, that's big. You know, Alex Leatherwood is obviously going to be a big deal. He's supposed to be the day one starter at right tackle. So that's huge. Um, Henry Ruggs is a guy that I definitely pay attention to. I want to see him. I want to see his development. And I also want to see Kenyon Drake. I want to see a little bit of him out there on the field, you know, just to kind of see what he brings to the table. And I know it's so early. It's only phase three. You're not going to see a whole lot. But I just want to kind of see where he may line up here and there. So him and Henry Ruggs are two guys that I'm really paying attention to offensively. Defensively, I want to see how confident Jonathan Abram looks out there. Regardless of what role he's playing and how, how much of it he's really getting after it, I would love to see what Jonathan Abrams doing and how Gus Bradley may be thinking about using him moving forward. And, uh, and also the defensive line. You know, David Irving is a guy that was released. Uh, I know that you did a big show on he just wasn't a good fit. There's many reasons for that. I'm somewhat disappointed by that because I thought that the Raiders were giving him an opportunity that was probably his last opportunity in the league. He's got all the athletic ability. He could be a guy that can give you 10 to 12 sacks easily a season, but he just doesn't have the want to. And that's, that's, that's a shame. So I really want to see the defensive line, and in particular uh, the undrafted free agent out of West Virginia, Darius Steele, where he is and how comfortable he looks out there. Q, we're going to take a break. I'm wondering if you can um, stick around to the top of the hour, if that's cool with you. 
I got you, man. As long as you want me, I'm here. All right. And then secondly, when we do come back, can you explain the difference to our producer, Devon Cotton, what voluntary really means at this level? He is stuck on the word voluntary, that it's voluntary workouts. That's what it is. And you shouldn't pay a price if you don't show up. Please try to explain to him why David Irving didn't read the room correctly uh, in the voluntary in, in voluntarily slipping or uh, skipping voluntary workouts. It was it, it just it, I'm with you. It shows you that got to wonder how much it really means to him. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Talk to Devon. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Going right out to the Raider Nation listener line. Mitch is in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Supposed to be like 80 tomorrow. Uh, so I can't complain. <laughs> um, I can't say this anymore. Uh, we're going to have some running game. I don't want to see Derek Carr running at all. Because we won't have to. I love the running backs. Love the wide receivers. Don't We don't really need Julio. I wonder who's our second tight end, the backup baller. And one more thing. Do we have a lineman that can match all the six-strong talents? I'm going back. I'm sure you know who he is. Number 60. I'm sure he retired. But it's something good, Ray. You can't retire too many numbers. There'll be no numbers. And I certainly don't want to see three digits. Over oh, this truck, and has any uh, new Raider taken a, a number below 20? Let me know. I'll list you offline. All righty. Uh, yes, Zay Jones, the wide receiver, has uh, is now number seven. Um, so uh, Zay Jones, the wide receiver, uh, is wearing number seven. Um, I forgot what the first uh, question was, to be honest with you. Um, if somebody can help me out with that. On, on what it was that he asked. Um, but anyway, yeah, Zay Jones is number seven. Oh, the running game. Um, yeah, I mean, Derek Carr, I don't care. Who, uh, there are times where your quarterback's got to go make a play. And Derek Carr showed last year uh, that he could do that. He put that uh, kind of implemented into that game at the urging of Derek, uh, at, uh, of, of, of John Gruden. And it helped. There's no question. He mean, broke off a number of runs that, that uh, resulted in first downs, key first downs. Yet every once in a while need that from your quarterback. Being open to it is the key. Derek Carr is every bit a good enough athlete uh, to pull it off as he showed uh, last year. Uh, as far as Otis Sistrunk, um, I, I mean, that dude was one of, the, one of the great ballers of all time uh, with the Raiders. Do they have a young guard? Uh, or, or uh, offensive lineman as good as he is. They hope Alex Leatherwood becomes every bit as good as uh, as, as Otis was. Uh, the guy that, you know, to be honest with you, my co-host, Lincoln Kennedy, um, that's who Alex Leatherwood kind of projects as. So um, not saying that he's going to be as good as, as, as uh, Lincoln, but if the Raiders find somebody the equivalent of uh, Lincoln Kennedy and can park him over on the right side for the next 10 years, well, they've just helped themselves uh, tremendously. Uh, Q? Yeah, in a major way, man. Big Lincoln was a, a dude, you know. So if they can find someone that's worthy of saying that they're on the level of Big Lincoln, then, yeah, the Raiders are on to something. They found something. And, look, Alex Leatherwood, he's got all the goods. I mean, he's got all the ability in the world. And I, I know just by listening to him talk, 
that he's got the motivation. He's the guy that wants to go out there and show that the Raiders made the right decision by taking him at number 17 overall and that he's going to be a stud for years to come. So, yeah, if they can, if he can be that guy, the guy that they expect him to be, that starting right tackle, like you said, for the next 10 years, then there's no questions asked. You're feeling good about him just like you're feeling good about Colton Miller. Here's the thing, uh, Q, and I think this matters. I think this is important. Um, when, when you're somebody that goes to Alabama like Alex Leatherwood did, and got on the field as early as he did and won a starting job, uh, what, his sophomore year, I think it was? Yeah. At right guard, then moves to left tackle and was the anchor on a tremendous offensive line. That's, you know, it's, it's one thing to do it at one particular school. You know, go in there and compete and get minutes early and playing time early and be a stud and be somebody that was an anchor, somebody that was the best player on the best unit in the country, the best offensive line uh, unit in the country. That's what uh, that Alabama offensive line was was voted uh, by, by the end of last year. And the anchor was Alex Leatherwood. I, I look at things like that, players that do it at big-time programs and are the anchor at a big-time program and had the tenacity, the wherewithal, the intelligence, the toughness, the ability, the talent to be able to get on the field early at a school that just churns out all Americans and NFL players at a um, stupid rate. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing about it is that's what the Raiders like as well. You see all the guys that they've been drafting as of late. You see a lot of Alabama. You see a lot of uh, Clemson. You see you see guys coming from programs that are used to getting into the playoffs and going deep and, and potentially winning a national championship because they've been there, done that, and they know what it's like to, to you know play a lot of games and, and be – you know, expected to be the best of the best and, and, and be very good from the minute that they hit the field. And, you know, sometimes that plays against them. You know, sometimes Alex Leatherwood coming from Alabama, uh, you're going to hear the, well, everyone on the team was good, so of course he's going to be great. And, of course, the, the running back's going to be great. And, of course, Mac Jones is going to be good. I mean, he look at all the weapons he had to throw to. So sometimes it's a double-edged sword will play against you. But for the most part, you're right. I mean, it, it, they, they want these guys that have that pedigree and have that ability to go out there and get it done and get out there early and, and not let the moment be too big for them. And there are certain positions where you can say, like the USC quarterbacks over the years, the Matt Liners yep. and guys like that, Carson Palmer Carson Palmer was a different breed. Um, he was tremendous. And he got there when USC wasn't USC that it eventually became under Pete Carroll. But there were a slew of really good quarterbacks, college quarterbacks at USC that were just really and honestly – um, benefited from the great talent that they had around and being able to sit back in the pocket untouched and throw to five-star athletes left and right. Yeah. But I'll say this, Q, that's not the way it rolls on the offensive line. you got to win your battle every single snap. That's what it's determined by. Uh, y- yeah, you, you you know, there's there's help that you get from your guard. There's help that you right. get. Um, from from you know if if you bring a tight end in there to chip a little bit, but basically the film doesn't lie at that position. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And if you've got the goods, you've got the goods, you know. But again, it, it helps sometimes when you got that five star right next to you as well that's holding up his end of the bargain, and you don't have to worry about you know uh, cheating over and trying to help out and worrying if he's going to do his job or not, which is something you shouldn't have to worry about in the NFL either. Your guy should always be doing his job, and all you should have to worry about is your job, but we all know that sometimes that's not how it rolls. But, uh, no, you're right. I mean, that's that's the thing about it. You can turn on the film and see if the guy's got the skills or not. And Alex Leatherwood, I do believe, has the skills. We'll just see if he's able to hold it down at that right tackle position, uh, you know, for years to come, or if he's a guy that, like Mike Mayock said, uh, if it doesn't work out as a tackle position, they'll kick him inside the guard. 
You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and our good friend Q Myers. Uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. And we're going to get back into what we were talking about, trying to teach Devon le- uh, a little bit of a lesson on what voluntary really means at this level. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur.